you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up? Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We love our friends at Old Trapper. We are live in New York City. It's Tuesday, October 24th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Bryant. There is Peter Schrager. There is Jason McCourty. Kyle's rocking his Angry Runs homage shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, And congratulations to uh, Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. That's cool. Second run more than the first. Okay, because he had two submissions. The first one was a little out of bounds. I wouldn't have picked him on the first because his first one he goes out of bounds. Mm. The second one's awesome. I like the first one because it just felt petty and personal and like mean. He pointed to him. I liked all. Yeah, he pointed right to him. Like, you're not allowed to do that, but he did anyway, so I like it. And I liked your uh, Lord of the Rings reference as well because. Orokai at Helm's Deep. Jamie speaks Tolkien. I I love that about you. It's random, but I do. That was like another another one. When we do the lockbox, I always say, keep it secret, keep it safe. That's right. Peter, do you want to shout out again to the Wiener Circle? Please do. All right, so the Wiener Circle (laughs) is a wonderful place in Chicago. You go there and they just dehumanize you. They scream at you, they tell you you're disgusting, you're fat, you're ugly, (laughs) that you don't belong on this earth, and then you eat their hot dog and pay for it. It's great. I love it. It's great. Everyone, go to the Wiener Circle again. You'd love it. I I was fired up. Uh, Shout out to the ladies at the Wiener Circle. It was a line during the segment. And I was all in for it. So you get a T-shirt. I love those ladies. Going to Chicago in the offseason. The ang- ang- they should consider putting that on the back of Deontay Foreman's Angry Guns T-shirt. Wait, can we Shout get them a scepter? They need a shirt. <gasps> ladies at the Winter Circle? Yes. It doesn't get They're angrier. Angry? They need shirts. This week, a photo with Deontay Foreman, the ladies at the Winter Circle. <laughs> all right, ladies, we'll send it to you. And I want you to send us back, like, all sorts of just bleep yous. Yes. yes. Right. Perfect. Not thank you. Bleep you. Uh, okay, so awesome. elsewhere in the NFC North, uh, that was a lot of Bears talk to start. But the Vikings played last night against the 49ers. Time for all right, that's we were just talking about hot dogs in Chicago. Let's go to Niners Vikings. Kirk Cousins was the man. Twenty-two to seventeen. Creed is touring again. They're back. It's all coming together for Cousins. They're three and four. But let's hear what the Niners had to say after their second straight loss. Here's the brain trust. Um, we flat out got beat, and I think right now you got to take it like a man. And we got a game here, and you know I think tomorrow. Um, we wake up, it'll be five days from now. We've got a team coming off a of bye week who's been waiting for this for a little bit. And we can't sit here and worry about what's happened before this. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Um, you know, two in a row. Um, it's the NFL. You know, every team is good. It doesn't matter who you're going against, what the record is or anything like that. We didn't come into the week taking this team lightly. We knew it was going to be a hostile environment. It was going to be a great challenge. Our defense was really good. Um, Kirk Cousins is really good. So it's like, you know, for us, we came in with the right mindset. We just got to execute better. But for me and you know, a second one in a row hurts, obviously, but we just got to be better and um, got a big one ahead this week, too. So, Yeah, they do. Someone has to plug Brock Purdy back in. The Niners now fall to 5-2. and two. They're still in first place in the NFC West, but the Seahawks are lurking, if you will. And the Rams play everybody tough, and the Cardinals, not a great record, but they play everybody tough. So uh, not an easy path for the 49ers moving forward, if you will, especially considering they just lost two straight. A lot of injuries, though, Peter. Do you go that direction, or are you uh, 
What do you feel about the 49ers right now? Real quick, before the Niners stuff, uh, you mentioned Cam Bynum is from the Philippines. That's his mm-hmm. family's country. His wife is currently still in the Philippines and has been having trouble getting back to the States due to visa issues. So yesterday during the post-game interview, Cam Bynum came up and said, I want to use this opportunity, this platform, to talk to anybody around the country who can help get wow. my wife back here because of the visa issues. So we're going to use our show to kind of further that along. Tom Pellicero did a great post-game interview, and he used that interview to talk about his wife getting back here from overseas. Great. So that's a cool mm. thing for Cam Bynum to play on the field, but off the field, going through some other stuff just tells you what these NFL players are dealing with beyond just the gridiron. Um, 49ers. I thought Fred Warner had insightful stuff to say after the game. Fred Warner after the game says, we've got to learn how to win the grimy games. Mm-hmm. They rolled through the NFL to start this season. Oh. We're talking 20-point victories here, 30-point victories there, blowing out everybody. The last two games have been close, and they've lost. So you look at it, and on one hand, you're like, well, it's on the road in the rain in mm-hmm. Cleveland, and we were out with a bunch of guys. And then this one, Minnesota, quirky things happen in night games. and got, They got Cincinnati this weekend. And there's no excuse. Cincinnati's coming to their building. Mm -hmm. You can't lose three straight. Then we're starting to question. But I think Fred Warner spoke to a lot of people on the outside. When we're rolling and they're up and Purdy's in the pocket, we haven't seen Purdy have to come back from 14 points and win a game. We haven't seen Purdy have to come back from multiple scores in the fourth quarter and operate that drive and say, and last night they had the opportunity and they didn't. this field goal here, that's a third-round pick that's missing field goals. Like, there is a lot of questions mm-hmm. around the 49ers right now. And maybe the most concerning to me is the fact that Warner's defense didn't sack Kirk Cousins a single time and barely even sniffed him. So this is one of those moments where it's, you know, one game, okay, in the rain on the Second, we get to three games, and then, okay, let's talk about some other teams in the NFC because they have to get right. Uh, I don't think it's panic button yet, but I certainly think there is a lot to clean up, and we haven't seen them have to win in those situations up until this point, and they're 0 for 2 when they've gotten put in those spots. It's crazy. You said it the last hour when we were talking about the Detroit Lions. You were like, a week ago, we were crowning them as the best team, and last week we were having a debate of who is number one in the NFC. Is it Detroit Lions or is it the San Francisco 49ers? And here we are. We're sitting here on a Tuesday morning, and we're like, all right, 49ers have lost two in a row. The Lions laid an A. And as I look at this 49ers team, I, I agree. I don't think it's time to panic. Yes, they've lost two in a row. They've lost two close games. Brock Purdy didn't play his best game, throwing two interceptions down the stretch. Prior to that, he was playing winning football enough to win the game. But I look at them, and to your point, you just talked about they didn't have a sack in that game. The defense, Minnesota came out at the beginning of the game, and they're handing a the ball off to Madison and Cam Akers, and they're picking up yards early on in this game before Kirk Cousins really started to uncork it and throw it down the field. But we're looking at a Vikings offense, and I know Kirk Cousins is leading the league in touchdown, uh, uh, touchdown receptions, throwing the ball. There was no Justin Jefferson out there on this Vikings offense. That's true. And they put up over 450 yards of offense on what we say is the best defense in the NFL in the 49ers with stars of plenty that they have running around the field. So that was more of my concern is, yeah, they didn't get a sack and different things. Kirk Cousins seems like he converted every single third down. He was holding the ball. He was finding somebody over the middle, whether it was Addison, whether it was Osborne or Hawkinson. He found ways to carve this defense up. And that's not something we're accustomed to seeing of the 49ers. They didn't give up a ton of points. It wasn't. But over 450 yards of total offense is not something we're used to seeing with this defense. The the league checks you. And the the game checks everybody and humbles everybody. And, you know, we as a show – 
I feel like 10 minutes ago, did a segment where we tried to rank who are the best 49ers players, and we can't do yeah. it, and there's too many to fit yeah. in the top five. They're a perfect team. You know what happens is, and I think it happens every year, we, the offseason is so long and so barren and so miserable that when football gets here, we're out over our skis and we're so excited that when a team jumps out like that, we are so excited that we go beyond saying they're really good. We start saying they're the best ever. They're the best team. And we overhyped the Niners. I definitely did because what always happens with these teams is just the injuries show up and nobody knows that better than the Niners. You have weird things like your kicker isn't good and you lose because of it. You get the weather thing and things tend to fall apart. That's why you just don't see teams go 16-1 and or have crap happens. And especially when... You have a quarterback who I've been talking about for a year now is a cyborg and a robot and a term. Do they still make a, what is it, Norton antivirus? Yes. <laughs> I think Norton, man. Run the test. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Mailer Damon is sending messages from Brock Purdy's CPU. <laughs> we got to run the antivirus. We got we to debug it. Uh, we need brother help. We need Clippy, that little paper clip. <laughs> Looks like you're trying to write a resume. Shut up, Clippy. Looks <laughs> like you're trying to mount a comeback drive. Intercepted. Brock doesn't look like Brock. And we kept saying... I, I can't talk about anybody challenging the Niners for anything until yeah. their quarterback actually loses a game, actually throws an interception. Now, we're here. We're here. And you know what? I credit all of this. I look at Philadelphia, and I respect them so much because they're winning through this crap. They're dealing with their own stuff. They're winning. They're not having the Cleveland game. And they lost the game, but they're not. They look like they're in control. The Niners right now are spiraling a little bit, and next week's game is massive. Awesome you got to win the grimy games. Fred Warner is Mr. Tough Guy. He's like, he said, well, we can win 30-10, to 10, yeah. but like we need to be able to win 17-16. In this case, 22-17. to a team they should have beaten. It's, there's problems, and I think Purdy's a big part of it. I'm right there with you. And we highlighted the path, or an easy path, the Vikings might have over mm -hmm. the next half a dozen games and how much that season can turn for the Minnesota Vikings, whereas the 49ers staring at a Bengals opponent, that's a tough get next week. I know it's at home. I, I wonder this. I, I get a lot of heat online about a take I had a couple weeks ago about the type of wins the 49ers were having versus the Eagles. And I think we all were like, the Eagles are odd. They're making us feel weird in September. They're winning games that doesn't mm -hmm. look pretty. Um, do you think that the September 49ers we saw, I'll ask you this, the September 49ers we saw, was that, uh, can they get back to that? Was that too pretty of football, or is this just the game checking the 49ers along the way? I think they can get back to that. I think for them, they don't really even care to get back to that September 49ers mm. team where you're just blowing everybody yeah. out. You're just trying to piece this thing together to be able to stack wins, and you made a great point of what the Eagles have been able to do. Where it's not always pretty, mm. but they're finding ways to win games. For this 49ers team, especially for Brock Purdy, you wanted, last week he was able to put that drive together, they missed a kick. So now can you put all these things together? Because this week they weren't able to put the drive together. You have to be clicking on all cylinders to get to where they ultimately want to get. So I think that's the part for this 49ers team. We don't got to get back to the level we were in September, but we have to get back to playing winning football because the teams as we get down the stretch are only going to be tough. Eagles have a really rough road too. I, yes. I'm fascinated to see yeah. which team gets the one seed in the NFC. It's so early. We're only in week eight. But the one seed is going to have the home field and the bye, and I think that bye is going to be huge because these teams are going to beat the snot out of each mm -hmm. other over the next few mm -hmm. weeks. McCaffrey was distraught after the game. He like blamed the loss on himself yeah. despite the his fumble. touchdowns because of his fumble. It's only it's the first time in a season he's already had two. Mm -hmm. Every other year, if he's had one, it's only been a single one since he entered the league, which is a wild stat for him. He always protects the football. Mike Garofolo, good morning to you again. Quarterback injuries, hate to see it, but uh, we have to start there. What's going on with the Cleveland quarterback? 
Yeah, let's start with Deshaun Watson, who was undergoing an MRI on Monday in one of the weirder uh, quarterback injury situations that you're going to see, all the way back to a couple of weeks ago when they thought he was going to be able to play, and then in his pregame warm-up just showed that he was not his usual self, so he did not wind up playing in that game. Uh, got hit in this game against Indianapolis, cleared concussion protocol, but Kevin Stefanski held him out, said, I want to protect uh, the franchise quarterback here, so he under he's undergoing evaluations on that shoulder that has continued to bug him. Stefanski was asked about the possibility of IR, didn't completely rule it out, so we'll continue to monitor Deshaun Watson. Justin Fields will not play once again with that dislocated thumb. Matt Eberflus saying that it will be Tyson Bajant again against the Los Angeles Chargers. Fields is making progress, and they are hoping, obviously, to uh, avoid IR. They have not put him on there, so that shows you that they hope he's going to return in the near future. But in the meantime, uh, Bajant, who was 1-0 as a starter and had how many friends and family? Uh, I think it was 65 according to Peter Schrager and Tom Pelissero. We shall see uh, how many friends and family Bajent has at this week's coming game against the Chargers. And then there is Jimmy Garoppolo, who did not play uh, on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Brian Hoyer getting the start for the Raiders in a uh, very disappointing loss for them. Uh, the Raiders, we told you over the weekend, hopeful that Garoppolo will be able to return to action this coming weekend against the Detroit Lions, but they don't quite know just yet. So we will update his status here on Good Morning Football, as well as the Insiders, Jamie. Uh, noon Eastern every day on NFL Plus, uh, and then to follow on NFL Network. Thanks for watching, everybody. Careful. Um, the Insiders just covers yes. all the action, doesn't it? We appreciate you, Mike G, so much. NFL Plus, check it out. You can also see it on NFL Network as well. Mike's been uh, Mike's been amazing on the reaction shots this year. Yes, Between he has. Steve Smith and Pelissero, yes, Mike, has. you deserve a lot of awards for what you're viral, buddy. You are yeah. viral for the, all the, the good reasons, my friend. The Mean Gene Okerlund Memorial Award. I'm getting that one this <laughs> so year. So true. Yeah. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Peter, after everything that went down in week seven, a lot of odd losses, mm -hmm. uh, interesting wins, specifically for the Eagles. Did the Eagles just become your clear-cut favorite in the NFC? Yeah, it's how we do it. It's like you take the crown and it's passed around until this yeah. team doesn't stub their foot. And that win they had against the Dolphins was a monster win. And they were just so dominant. And they did it with physicality, and they did it with a statement on national TV. That's how it goes. And look, the Niners host the Bengals this weekend. If they beat the Bengals by 30 points and knock them around, we'll talk about the Niners a little bit more. But the Niners and the Lions both got kicked in the face this week, and the Eagles continue to kick teams in the face. Even their loss to the Jets, in hindsight, you're like, they didn't have Jalen Carter. They didn't have Darius Slay. Lane Johnson went down. You can start justifying a million things. But the Eagles are the defending conference champions. They took care of their business. The 49ers have not. And we haven't seen the 49ers look like the 49ers of September in the last two weeks. Yeah, we're on a merry-go-round at this point. And I've seen <laughs> we're crowning a team one day, then we're crowning another team the next day. Right now, yes, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're a team that looks to be the best. They've consistently won throughout. 
But that doesn't mean the 49ers aren't right there. To me, those two teams are still in the tier of their own. I think if they're, when we get a chance to see those teams match up, we're going to get a chance to figure out a lot because those are, to me, are the two powerhouses. Below that, then we have the Detroit Lions. We have the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the teams that are lurking into that top tier trying to get there. But right now, you're looking at the Eagles, and we complained and we complained. We said Jalen Hurts is throwing more interceptions, but they're mm-hmm. still winning football games. So I'm going to have them at the top. I think this Kevin Byard trade is huge. I think mm-hmm. he's going to make a significant impact mm-hmm. on that defense, one that has lost some safeties throughout this season. So uh, they're looking really good. We'll see what happens with it, though. The Byard thing is pretty big. Like, yeah. You didn't even really need to do it. You just yeah. wanted to. You re- <laughs> and are you telling me Kevin Byard's not going to make a big play somewhere in like the wild card round or division round? Right. It's just he's, he's going to do it. I still think the Niners and Eagles – Roster per roster are really close. Mm-hmm. The, the Niners are banged up right now, and they're not playing good football. Like I, I'm not writing them out. I'm gonna say, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. I do think it's really cool that the two Super Bowl teams are both sitting there at six and one, like the <laughs> nine or the Eagles and the Chiefs. You don't see that. Somebody loses the Super Bowl, they true. fall off. Or you win the Super Bowl, your coaches get fleeced, you fall off. It's perfect. And it's like you don't see the same matchup back-to-back like that either in the Super Bowl. It's a long way to go. But then Peter says in the sense that we do what we do, yeah, Philadelphia is the top right now. I don't see another NFC team other than the 49ers who I'm like, they could take a shot. I'm not right now. And you start doing the transitive theory and you're like, well, the Eagles played the Vikings yeah, and, and killed them. <laughs> yeah. And the Niners played them last night and they lost, but those, that's just how the NFL goes. Transitive theory. Yeah, you start doing that. A equals B, yeah, B equals C. Yeah, yeah. No. The Vikings are in the Venn diagram. They're shaded. The, and the Eagles are coming out on the right side, not the oh, Niners. Yeah. Uh, December 3rd is when the Viking or when the Eagles play the 49ers. Nice. Uh, Peter, so Bayard leaving yeah. Tennessee, uh, Rand Carthon, first-year first GM mm-hmm. in Tennessee. What's he doing with the Titans at this it's point with the trade deadline lurking next week? Now you have teams and who's circling the drain and trying to trade off better. What happened with a lot of the teams that I thought might be sellers won this weekend. So, you know, whether it be the New England Patriots or whether it be the Chicago Bears or in, in what might be the, the case with – uh, you look at the mighty, I'm sorry, in the NFC, who is the team? That, oh, the Giants. Like, uh-huh. you know, they've got all these veteran guys. And do you start trading? A lot of these teams won. A lot of the bad teams in the league won. So now it's who is team? You look at Tennessee. I don't think they're putting up the white flag yet. I think this is a very specific case where yeah. Bayard is a veteran player. And it was like, all right, Howie Roseman called. They needed it. And this is mm. a good fit for what it is. But I circle a couple of those veterans on that Tennessee team. Like, is Derrick Henry going to yeah. be traded in the next week? That would be a massive change in the NFL. And you might say, well, they would never do that. The Carolina Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey at the trade deadline last year. And it totally changed the NFC the rest of the way. Brock Purdy and McCaffrey went on that run with the 49ers and it carried them to the NFC Championship game. Vrabel was in New England this past weekend. It's not like Vrabel was working the phones. The phone is always open. I'm curious to see Derrick Henry's future. Mm. And if this Titans team is like, all right, well, Derrick's a veteran and He's got a high price, and we're getting offered first-round pick for him. We have to at least consider it. Of course, externally, they'll say no chance, and if it doesn't happen, they'll say well, he never was in the conversation. Is there a team that's bold enough to call and make that offer? Because I do think mm. he's got good football left, and we even saw it a couple weeks ago when they had their win and they blew out a team where he's throwing jump passes. Mm-hmm. The Derrick Henry thing is interesting. The quarterback situation in Tennessee is interesting because Tannehill's gotten hurt, yet they have these two young guys in Malik Willis and Will Levis that they've drafted, but they haven't. 
really produce the way or developed maybe the way that you'd want to. So how they go about that. I will tell my quick Bayard story, if you will, about Jason McCourty, because you were your seventh year eighth. when eighth year Bayard gets drafted to the Tennessee Titans. Bayard comes in and Jason McCourty is taking his time, as Bayard would say, getting ready for practice every day. He's like in there 30 minutes, stretching out his groin, getting his hamstring ready. Bayard's like, you know, this guy is really methodical and he takes his sweet time getting ready for practice. Bayard just runs out on the practice field as a rookie, explodes, you leave the team, and now Bayard goes, I'm the old guy in there for 30 minutes <laughs> mm-hmm. getting everything right. Mm-hmm. So no matter how old you, whatever, he's a veteran who arrives on this Eagles defense, and he's about to show some of these young guys, I think, how to maybe go about their business. No doubt about it. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> a young guy running around, next thing you know, everything hurts, so you're finding ways <laughs> to do so. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Rand Carthon this summer, and he called his roster building like renovating. You're not doing a rebuild or a reset. You're Fixing some things, you might be redoing the kitchen, but the master bedroom is still a beautiful thing. Mm. And you look at this roster right now for the Tennessee Titans. Yes, they're trading away Kevin Byer. You look at the only other guy, really, that you said, you just mentioned Derrick Henry. He's really the only other guy, but to your point, is there a team that's willing to pay for him, only pay him his contract and make a trade? Ryan Tannehill is injured right now. I don't see them moving him at the trade deadline. Who wants Tannehill team, with that salary? People, yeah. Titans fans are saying that, but I don't think anybody wants that. You mentioned Malik Willis, Will Levis. That's kind of for the future. I think they keep him there, but... The buyer trade is a huge thing. I think the yep. Titans right now are looking at it as a situation. They got some. You got something in exchange for them. It's a nice mm-hmm. trade. I don't really see anyone else. McCaffrey went for three draft picks, mm-hmm. a second, a third, and a fourth, I believe. It was some combination of that, and there was triggers to all of it. Is anyone willing to trade that for Derrick Henry at this point in the season? I'm you got a, a bunch here? of teams. I'm not, but there's so many teams that are on the cusp as he put them over. It's interesting. Mm. That's the thing, as he put them over. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Back on Good Morning Football, and the belt is back. We are talking about the best defensive backs of the week who get to strap the seatbelt up, lock somebody down, and explain why they get to carry the belt. I was watching football this weekend. My son, I was like, do you see all the guys doing the celebration? Do you know what that is? He was like, yeah, they're locking them down. I said, no, son. It's when I put you in the car seat and I strap the seatbelt across. That's exactly what it is. And that's what these guys are doing. And that's what they've been doing throughout the season. So let's take a look back at who our top guys were from a week ago. This list is always changing. It stays up to date with how you perform. You see at the top, Darius Williams. We had Witherspoon, McDuffie, Cam Taylor-Britt, who locked up DK, and then Geno Stone right there at the bottom. Mm. But that was last week. So we have to get to what the guys put on the tape this week. Who was showing up? We're going to go right to Chicago. Our guy, Jalen Johnson, was absolutely Balling. He was making plays all over the field, and he was doing it. He was celebrating, and he was proud of it. That's what I love to see. Two picks. Had a pick six. Brian Hoyer, the old quarterback, took it right off of him. And you're going to see it right here. Snag that ball. And once you catch it, put the burners on. He gets in the end zone. He pops his helmet off. You're not supposed to take your helmet off. But once he pops his helmet off, he looks dead in the camera. Look, Jalen, show him what. 
Hey! hey. Ryan Poles, have you seen what I've been doing this year? Have you seen me locking these fools up out here? He was asked about it after the game. He was like, you damn right, I deserve to be paid. There is, no, there is no questions about how this man feels. He knows he's been balling. He's been playing some really So he's trying to put his helmet football. back on. Trying to put his, that's a penalty. Put your helmet on. He was like, no, I have a message to the general manager. All right, here we go. On to number four. In the break, we were playing some freeway because Kevin Byard just got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Nice. You know, the freeway, what we do is still hustle to the sun. No, that's another thing. Our guy, big play. Slay, he's making his list. Number four on the list had a huge interception in the Sunday night game. This guy has been balling. He's been doing it for a long time. He's not old. He's just experienced. He's a mm -hmm. smart player. Because right here, he's playing man-to-man -man on Jalen Waller, but he sees the ball in the air, and he absolutely goes and gets it. High football IQ. I love it. He said, this is why they call me Big Play Slay. Critical moment. We need a play. Who's it going to be? That is going to be him himself, Big Play Slay, and the beautiful, beautiful Kelly Green jerseys. Big Play Slay. Get some freeway. Have play it. Give Kevin Byard. He's probably going to be wearing number 31. Hopefully his locker's next to you. Incorporate him into the Philly. Show him how it's done. Get out the way right there, Slay. Don't take the big hit. All right, number three right here. We have our guy, Gino again. Stone, again. Number three. I, this, every week, he just continues to intercept the ball. He is leading the NFL in interceptions. Cool. This is a guy that was came into the Baltimore Ravens in the seven-round draft pick, was cut twice by the Baltimore Ravens, and is back there in a contract year, and he is playing his butt off. Four interceptions on the season. He's going to be a free agent at the exact right time. I remember when I first came into the league, Chris Hope said to me, hey, you're a rookie. You don't got to play right away. Just go out there and play some special teams. Your second year, get on the field a little bit. By the time your third, fourth year rolls around, start balling so they can pay you. Ooh. Geno Stone, at some point, they're going to have to pay this guy as he continues to take the ball away. All right, from Geno Stone, we go to number two. You guys know who it is. Devin Witherspoon, Still this guy out of Illinois, rookie. top draft pick. It, he just continues to show up. And I, I would love to tell you all about him, but his teammate, Jamal Adams, he got a chance to be asked about him after the game. I want you guys to listen to what Jamal Adams said about his rookie cornerback. My rookie year, I was So I don't really know. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a phenomenal football player. Um, again, uh, hats off to him. He's very smart. Um, he, he's very, you know, coachable. He listens. Um, it's a rare find, man, and it's a reason why he's a top five pick. So he's not a <laughs> He's definitely not <laughs> Jamal Adams, we know him as a really good player. Got paid by Seattle. He said his rookie year, he said another word, but he said he was trash. Devin Witherspoon, he is not trash as a rookie. I don't know what they're doing with rookie cornerbacks. Last year was Sauce Gardner coming into the league, just an absolute baller. This year is Devin Witherspoon. This guy had an interception and a sack that was negated by penalties. He also had a big hit in that game, but that's for tomorrow. You have to uh, stay hey, tuned. Jay, how about Seattle alone? They had Woolen and Kobe Bryant last year. And Woolen now it's and Kobe Bryant. And we're not even talking about them as much. We're still playing good ball because this guy is in there. Woolen's on the outside. He moves into the slot. All right, number one, this guy, Darius Williams, has been unbelievable this year. He is locking people down, and he's getting our number one spot this week. You know why? Guess how many touchdowns he's given up this season? Zero. 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 None. 
has not let anyone cross the end zone on his watch. You see right there, 11 passes defense in the NFL. That is the most. Tied for second in the league with three interceptions. That's because Geno Stone has four. But he's also tied for the league lead in forced fumbles. Has two of those as well. He had three straight games of interception. Didn't get one this week, but you know what? He caused one. Pops the ball up in the air, and Foye Oluokan comes away with the interception out of Yale and returns it for six. Darius Williams has been an absolute stud out there, locking people down on the outside. This is our top five right here. You got Williams, Witherspoon, Stone, Slay, and Jalen Johnson. Paid some of these guys who are going to be free agents. They show up each and every week. Guys, I need you. What did you think? I buffed the belt for you. Oh, well, oh my well, you nice. I hope you didn't mess up that Vikings joke. Yeah, you know I would not sacrifice such a Jay, I, I like the irony of someone who's trying to get paid doing something that's going to cost him money. Yeah, Jalen yes. Johnson yeah. out there doing that. Yeah. The emotion's not high. I get it. I, and he deserves Pay that man, Peter. We get Sauce yeah. Gardner back soon. I, I believe we get Jalen Ramsey back soon. Some of the big dogs are Big dogs. Playing. No more of this uh, minor league stuff. The big dogs are going to okay. start hearing their voices heard. Okay. I just cannot believe the Eagles messed around and got... Kevin Byard to Maybe. hang the out mayor, with Gary baby. Slay and just what is going on in Philadelphia? That is the belt. It is shiny and brand new and it's very fancy. And Darius Williams to the top DB through week seven. Great rookie classes here. Every week we do the best rookies of the week. Our guy, CJ Stroud, has been number one just about every week. He didn't play this past week. So who's going to be number one this week? Let's get things started. All right. Number Room five. Last segment, Jason McCourty came out here and was talking about the best corners in the league, and Jalen Johnson showed up as one Mm -hmm. of the best defensive backs. I'm going to go with a rookie out of Miami, Tyreek Stevenson, who also plays corner for the Chicago Bears. Give me that. And was in charge of covering number 17 on the Raiders for much of this game, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is all world. Devontae Adams spoke his mind, said, I needed more balls this week. Devontae Adams did next to nothing this week. One of the reasons was Tyreek Stevenson was all over the field covering him like white on rice. A couple <laughs> drops from Devontae Adams, of course, but Tyreek Stevenson showed up and Matt Eberflew spoke about it after the game. He had six different passes defended. He had three different passes deflected. He also had a bunch of tackles. Tyreek Stevenson stepped up in this game. The Bears defense was excellent against the Raiders. Absolutely shut them down. Tyreek Stevenson, we see you. We give you your love. Your teammate Jalen Johnson with the belt. Tyreek Stevenson on the Fab Five. Bears, we're here for it. Number four. Very rarely do we put a team that loses one of their players on the list. But you know what? Puka was so darn good against the Steelers. We had to include him again. Let's go. Puka Nakua is off to a historic start and had an amazing day. Puka Nakua was amazing. His numbers were great, too. To go through his stat line, I have the card here. 12 targets, 8 catches, 154. Mm. You look at this, most receiving yards in seven career games to start a lifetime. Jamar Chase has the record. He's only two yards behind. So Puka Nakua with some of the all-time best. It's okay when we do it like through two games or two, three games. When you're talking through seven games, Mm -hmm. that's not just a coincidence. That's a pattern. You're that dude. And this is with Cooper Cup now in the lineup. Puka is still getting it done. Number three, we go to the wide receiver position. We're going to go with tandem. I don't know if that's usual. We haven't done it much, but got to give two rookie wide receivers love. Jackson Smith, Najigba, yep. and Jake Bobo. Bobo. On a wide receiver depth chart that includes DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, these were the two guys that were crushing the Cardinals in this game. Two rookies. 
Both of them had prestigious college careers. Now, Smith and Jig was a first-round pick out of Ohio State. He's finding himself. He's playing well. Had four grabs all over the field. Jake Bobo's story a little different. Started at Duke, then went to UCLA, also making plays. And Bobo, of course, had the incredible toe tap. These routes are fantastic. You look at this duo right here, and you're talking about numbers. Four catches for one guy, 63 yards and a touchdown. Four catches, 61 yards, and that touchdown for Bobo. Both these guys are rookies. Rookies on a team that's loaded. Pete Carroll had a chance to talk about both these rookie wide receivers after the game. Take a listen to Coach Carroll. Brought the, the pups to life in, in this game. It was great to see Jackson get his, his first touchdown, and he had uh, a n- number of contributions. And, and, uh, and Bobo, a freaking circus grab to hold that ball and get it by a, an eyelash down there and, and make that touchdown. It was a great play by both Chino and, and, and Bobo. But it's great for us here. We're coming around to the, the halfway point and to have those pups playing like that. They can play like starters. Awesome to see. We're still going wide receiver, though, for number two because there was someone who was better than both of them. We saw him last night. Jordan Addison. Let's yes, give some Jordan was. Addison love here. First-round pick. Shows up. Just, Justin Jefferson goes down. What do you got? How about the best game of his career? Addison was fantastic and in a lot of ways was unstoppable in this one. All over the field, you saw the big highlights. You saw the numbers. Addison putting on a show and this one here rips the ball away after the game all the conversation was about how did this team get it done Addison's one of the reasons where's number three he's silky smooth on the field of course you know his college story ends up going where he had to go and then of course becomes a first round pick Kirk Cousins speaking highly about this wide receiver group even without Justin Jefferson Addison last night fantastic and all over the field maybe the most lethal weapon in a game that included players like Ayuk and McCaffrey and of course all the tight ends that were out there Kittle, Hawkinson and whoever else this was the best offensive player in the game right there Mr. Addison but number one who's on the throne real estate here for number one no real estate we're gonna rush through Addison so we can get to number one it's our guy Tyson Bajan yeah Tyson Bajan was amazing Tyson Bajan comes in here you know the story undrafted out of Division II Shepard. He's the first player to win as an undrafted rookie out of a Division II school since 1950. Vajan's numbers, well, he did everything you could possibly ask for. Guy goes 21 of 29 for 162 yards, has a touchdown, and also ran the ball for 24 yards. No turnovers, no mistakes, just completely confident. These guys led throughout, and Bajant looked like a steely veteran out there. The locker room scene is awesome. I want you to see Bajant and his celebration, but I also want to see who's up there above them all cheering this rookie on. Take a watch. In his first start. my back from the jump man you know we had adversity last week justin going down and you know right from the get y'all had my back so i couldn't appreciate y'all anymore couldn't have did that without y'all today and glad we go out there and get a good that's justin fields over there you look at this the history of it really quickly not a lot of success it goes all the way back to craig krenzel from ohio state to win his first game as a first career start in the last 20 season bajan's there i'll say this all those tattoos i've done a deep dive on yeah what do you got a lot of those are faith-based. 
Okay, uh-huh. this guy would often miss practices Sundays after college games on Saturdays to go to church and make sure he was there and his coach allowed that. Uh-huh. He's also a CrossFit freak, does yep. it all on CrossFit. And when you're talking about Division II Shepherd out of West Virginia, you're talking some crazy folklore stories. We'll get into it, I'm sure, during the week and more things will come out. One of the coolest stories in football, Tyson Bajant is our number one. I never thought we'd get here, but we are. Guys, your thoughts? Look at There's two bears on the Fab Five. On the belt, there's a bear. The Anger Runs winner was a bear. Do you know who's on Sunday Night Football this week? The The Bears. Bears. How about it? Uh, Jordan Addison had an awesome game. He also had what I thought was a fantastic pass completion that was interrupted by an offensive pass interference call. That was interesting. Uh, Addison played quarterback in high school, so we had to utilize that last night. It was awesome. My favorite Jordan Addison play was a crucial third down late in the fourth quarter where he runs a magnificent route. But right before the play, Kevin O'Connell goes to the ref and goes, watch number three. Mm. He knew the route was going to be that good, and they did hold him on the play. That was my favorite one. From fabulous there. five. You never know what you're going to get. Congrats to all the winners. In this case, the fabulous six. Let's go. Mm, very good. Way to go, Pichray. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.